Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The post-Civil War landscape of the American West offers escape and opportunities to many new immigrants who come to the country's shore. A few of them brave the journey to the camp town of Missouri Crossing, each looking for a new lease on life in the Dakota Territories. Join the settlers of Missouri Crossing, including Gregory Smith, played by Joaquin, Sister Margaret Miller, played by Monica, Bjorn Hagman, played by Chris, and Craig as the keeper of arcane lore, as we explore the horrors that await us on Down Darker Trails. Been about a week or so game time um, since the last time we played, so I just allowed the players to roll their skill checks. So we're going to go see what our checks have changed on our character sheets. So if we can start with Gregory. Joaquin, what uh, are the updates for Gregory's sheet? So Gregory, he managed to improve his fighting skill by seven points, bringing it up to a total of 47. Then his listen skill got the same treatment, so going from 23 to 30. And finally, he got a little bit, finally got some psychology so above the base to 14 total. And that's it. All right, Chris. And uh, what are the major changes for Bjorn's character sheet? I have bumped up my intimidate to 64%. And I have uh, bumped up my psychology to 55%. So my other role I, I passed, so I didn't get to update it. All right. And Monica, what's uh, Margaret's character sheet looking like now that we did the roles? Well, there are quite a few changes for Sister Miller. Her medicine skill has gone up two points and is now 42. Her persuade has gone up four points. It is now 34. Psych was increased by seven. So she is now at 37. Spot hidden went up by five. So she is at 35. And last but certainly not least, her intellect went up by a whopping 10 points, so she is now at 90. I'm, I'm sorry, your intellect? You actually, intellect's not a skill, so that one. I don't know. You had me mark it down. Well. You want me to you, skip it? Yeah, you, you actually, yeah, your, um, your base attributes, they don't, like, go up that way. You got it. I'll leave it at 80. Sorry about that. All right, so it's a week later, as we mentioned, and we're opening on a brisk Sunday morning for the Catholic Mass that has been uh, gathered. Uh, you all gathered inside that great tent that the church is currently using, and in the candlelight, you could see Father Noss's breath as he utters the Latin for the eulogy of the war word. It's a bit awkward uh, later on as you know, rise for the processional and go up to receive communion. You form a couple of lines just to make it go a little bit faster. And Margaret, um, it's really awkward for you as you're presenting the consecrated Eucharist to first Bjorn and then Johan behind him. So there's uh, probably a couple of um, glances um, exchanged there. Um, afterwards, you have the burial service for the mystery woman uh, following the main service. And Boss Thompson stands beside the now full grave, only digging it a few uh Days before, Georgie Smith had uh, sent word to uh, Major Forsyth of the 4th Cavalry, um, who returned the message that he is willing to meet with the group. Rumor is he will be in camp uh, along with the patrol Saturday, this coming Saturday night for the 
impromptu harvest festival that has been kind of springing up. Um, it seems to be like a local tradition since the camp town's only been around um, like a couple like years or so, basically just getting bigger and bigger every year. Basically one last uh, hurrah before it starts to snow, celebrate um, new people coming in. Pharaoh tournament scheduled um, over at the uh, Silver Dollar, and the horse have been told to be on their best behavior um, as there's going to be a dance in the town center. So you're all kind of gathered around um, outside uh, the funeral as the poor woman is being lowered into the ground, and Father Noss speaks over her, saying that although she's not um, known, she um, she's been giving the honor of the, the Christian burial just to save her immortal soul. Um, was anyone wanting to say something or do anything during the service? I think Jorn just can be quiet while it's going on. I'll take that as a no then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Margaret, Gregory, anything uh, you wanted to get up to? Not during the service. No, I don't think so. No, I think she would just go with the mass and she didn't know the woman, so she, didn't really, she doesn't really have any words for her. Yeah, that's fair enough. So one by one, um, dirt is um, kind of piled onto her um, as the uh, faithful among you um, help to uh, bury her. And then people are just kind of milling around for a bit um, because it's after Sunday mass. And this is like one of the few times that like the little local community you have gathered around has to kind of mingle and like uh, make small talk and make plans because usually during the week you're all doing hustling and bustling, trying to get your homes ready and trying to do whatever work you can and whatever final preparations you are, you have for the festival and then for the winter that's creeping slowly in. Um, so I'm going to say uh, scenes on you guys. <laughs> I'm going to sideways glance at sister Miller, like to avoid like getting bombarded and i'm gonna go up to gregory and ask him like when's your brother gonna be arriving probably not too long he's still sober but yeah so so i don't i don't imagine it'll be for too long you've been but, thinking about but there seems to be a tension between you and the sister over there uh, and i just kind of look at her sideways again just trying to like doing that awkward like seeing as she's talking to anyone and then i and I look back to Gregory and I'm like, well, I, she doesn't like some of my habits. And I guess she kept my boy tried to sneak over there to the silver dollar, if you know what I mean, for his spacer instincts. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and Gregory just, he just like sort of shoved, was like, you can clearly see he has, he doesn't, she's not quite sure how to react to that. I know. And I'm just like, looking at the same so way. he's just, oh. to me though, there's other things to worry about, especially the conversation we had. In the silver dollar, you put much thought to that. Uh, well, I thought about it, but I came to the conclusion that, well, yeah, obviously the men there are up to something. But uh, it seems that for at least for the for the poor woman we just buried, it seems they weren't involved with that, based on how they reacted. At least we could always find out more. Yeah, we could, but I would prefer to be less. Uh, just to, don't public. make anyone break down weeping this time. Well, Mr. Freeman has showed back up on camp. And do you actually see Russ Freeman um, kind of like waiting off to the side, um, kind of making eye contact with you as you and Gregory are having this conversation? So I think uh, maybe tonight you 
Mr. Freeman and I can maybe pay a visit to the Jew wherever he resides. Very well. Have a talk without so many prying ears around. Maybe he'd be more open to sharing more information. That would be nice. And again, just try not to be, don't be, don't go full, whatever that was last time. I just kind of nod slowly. And then I'm like, have you put much thought into trying to get to your brother to some kind of put some kind of elected positions here? Maybe put a word in with the government? I've talked to him about it. I don't know how much he's actually listened. He, he did mention that Major Forsyth and some patrol will be in town oh, yeah, on yeah. This, for the Saturday night um, Harvest Festival and that they're willing to have conversation with you about such a thing. So, yeah, so I relayed that information to be on that. Yeah, you know, we'll have something. We'll be able to start to get something legitimate set up, at least some, somewhat legitimate set up, but we get the ball rolling around that time. You planning to step up if that does happen? Gregory is quiet for a minute, as then he just sort of, I think I will, actually, yes. I kind of just pat him on the shoulder. Seeing that there's only a handful of us who are privy to what is out there, I just kind of like motion to outside the borders of the city, you know, just kind of hand gesture. Mm -hmm. So how about this? Mr. Freeman and I will come by your your cottage tonight when the sun goes down, and uh, maybe we can go, uh, we'll go visit the Jew. It's, it's, that is, I'll, that is a plan. Probably go talk to Sister Miller. Maybe you can calm her down a little bit and I'll just kind of like walk off and wink at him. And at that point, Gregory will grow on a little bit, just be like, of all the things <laughs> I expected to face when I came out West, this is not one of them. The wrath and, of a nun scorned. <laughs> and getting in between apparently some kind of pseudo half lovers no bro not on my part man like she's fucking it's, it's, that's why it's, it's not quite the same. it's close enough yeah, close enough so yeah he, he will go over to sister margaret so margaret do you see um gregory approaching you after um his conversation with uh bjorn and he comes over there he removes his hat probably and i'm gonna say scenes on you once again sister Hello, Mr. Smith. How are you doing on this fine morning? Well, I'm I'm doing okay. I okay. I'm not good at this. I, Bjorn asked me to tell me about what the little incident, and he sent me to try and make peace, however I can. Oh, I see. How absolutely mature of him to. Send an adult man on his behalf. Well, I'm afraid I really have nothing to say to Bjorn regarding the incident with his son. Or perhaps he was speaking about another incident. I don't know what he has told you. But uh, if he has something to say to me, he knows exactly where I am. And if he doesn't want to say anything to me, he can very well say it to God, who really ultimately will forgive him. My word means nothing. <laughs> Gregory is just like holding his hat to his chest, just looking very uncomfortable at this. <laughs> He's just. <sighs> this is. Women. Sister, I. 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 He'll just. He'll just sort of like try to try to speak for a bit and just. Just good day, sister. He'll just make his retreat because he, he doesn't he doesn't know how to deal with this. Oh, uh, Mr. Smith, one thing before you go, she's gonna kind of um, 
reach under her habit and pull out a, a small parcel that she's wrapped up in uh, old newspapers. She's going to hand it to him and she's going to say, um, a certain gentleman uh, loaned something to me. Uh, I believe you may know of him. He is behind the washing areas, usually out a bit more down the river. His name is uh, Pete. You may have seen him perhaps around uh, the the local watering holes and um oh yeah i know by repeat <laughs> yes <laughs> mr pete um would you be so kind as to return this to him uh he's a bit rambunctious and i wouldn't exactly trust being alone with him uh it was just something that he dropped off something i really um should have returned a lot longer ago i was going to have uh, mr hagman do it but uh i think you're better for the task if you wouldn't mind Sure. Uh, do you mind if I ask what's in it? Oh, it's just a book. Um, if you recall, when uh, we were, you know, making our way here to the settlement, uh, there was a talk about this uh, strange occult book. I hunted it down, and it just so happened that uh, Pirate Pete had it. He loaned it to me. Um, I wanted to see if there was anything strange in it. Just some old man's, you know, blabbering tales of travel. Nothing interesting. But... Um, in order to give it back, he was demanding certain carnal payments that I refused to give. So if you could just return it to him on my behalf, I would be eternally thankful. Oh, well, no problem. But what kind of book, huh? Mm-hmm. It sure is, it sure is like, not interesting, you say? I would have thought some kind of fancy witch book would be at least a little bit interesting, if even just... Uh, oh, yeah, out of character. This man's travels. <laughs> out of character, you're giving um the book to the guy who actually enjoys reading at night. <laughs> I'm well aware. Oh, uh, Mr. Smith, it's really um sort of a traveler's tale. This man uh, was all over the the world, the new world, the old world, and it's just sort of a, a journal documenting his travels. None of it really makes sense. It's a lot of blabbering. Uh, He seems to think he's a mystic of sorts, probably a snake oil salesman. You know how they are. He has some silly spells in the back somewhere, really nothing, you know, that could yield anything. Meanwhile, of course, she's written those spells down for herself. (laughs) But uh, it's just a a gentleman's travel diary is all. Hmm. And Gregory, he'll definitely like you know, like look at the package and sort of like, you know, heft it around a bit just to sort of feel the weight of it. And he's definitely like considering retu- not returning it. He hasn't decided to not return it. He's considering it. Just, you I, I know what you're doing out of character. And I, I'm trying to figure out how, whether or not he would give in to the temptation. Listen, if anybody here fails sanity rolls like a boss, it's you. <laughs> well... But if I go if I go too fast, then it'll just be you and your left behind just to deal with your angst. True, we need a good mediator. <laughs> okay, so I, Gregory will. Yes, I'll. I'll see if I can get to hand it off to him uh, sometime soon. I have a lot of work, so I don't think I'll be able to get it to him right, right away. That's certainly not a problem. I've I've held it on longer than I should have, if I'm being honest with you. I don't quite think he misses it. Um, I doubt, given his state, he even notices that it's gone. But, you know, 
I don't want to accidentally steal it. So if if you want to have a read, by all means, it's really not that exciting. But as long as it gets to him at some point, if he comes to me asking for it, I'll just let him know that you have it and we'll return it shortly. Well, all right. Have a good day, sister. Have a wonderful day, Mr. Smith. And then we'll pan back over to uh, Bjorn as uh, Russ Freeman um, is making his way over to him. So tonight, Mr. Freeman, we're going to meet up with Mr. Smith and we're going to go have talk with the Jew. I see. What sort of talk is this? Oh, because I need the ink to be dry on that deal I made with uh, Johnny Welkstetter and his brother on my herd. Uh, well, it might be a more of a frontier kind of talk if you're catching my drift. I understand. And I've been thinking a lot about what we, what we talked about and I'm in just conditions uh i would definitely be the silent partner in this trade i know your purview to how things worked with uh sam baker myself it just seems best if you understand what i'm meaning it's your call either way there's a man coming from the union army here i'll be talking to him maybe about official government standing positions would you be interested in that too yes sir i think i would um my other condition would be that any of my boys that want to join up temporary, permanent, that we give them a fair, fair look. Yes. Even Sam. Yeah, that, that sounds good. I think we're good. We start off with a commercial side of, um, I mean, he's thinking of the word like a security service. Yeah. And then if we become official through the government, then we could do that too. See, yeah, that was my other hang up was how we, turn this into just community protection into a sort of living for the boys. Well, you know, they, you said there's a man buying your cattle, there's establishment here. And to be honest with you, I think the people who uh, work with the Jew there in silver dollar, maybe, uh, I don't know, strong arming some folks, maybe got that kind of vibe from my lawman days. Perhaps. Uh, but I have a feeling that we can't completely alienate them. no, not at all. Right now, though, I'm concerned about this woman who died, and there may be others, because how that man reacted, he seemed uh, acting peculiar. I want to find out who killed this woman. That's my first thing. Mm. And it's for, not, it's for my own personal reasons, you know? That's doing the right thing, but... I understand. Well, we'll meet up uh, here later tonight, then. Good, yeah. I'm going to stop for a second. How many of your men are looking for work right now? couple. Stay we'll talk tomorrow. Sure. We'll see how go- tonight goes, and then we'll talk about them tomorrow, okay? Yeah, that, that'd probably be best. All right. I just say I shake his hand, you know, before I yeah. walk off. Yeah, he, he holds the grip um, firm for a bit, and then he lets it go. So um, in the distance, uh, Margaret, you, you notice that you're being kind of observed by someone you know pretty well, but I'm not sure if you're not sure if she's seen you yet. Uh, you notice Carol uh, kind of lurking in the distance. Is this still after the funeral? Yes. Um, like the services portion is pretty much um wrapped up at this point and people are kind of just milling around socializing. Okay. Uh Sister Margaret is going to uh shake someone's hand, uh kind of do the sign of the cross over them and then uh make her way over to Carol and uh just smile and and very politely uh reach out to hold her hands in a comforting manner. Carol. How abs- how how nice to see you. How can I help you today? Well, Mrs. Smithson, she says and kind of smiles. 
you wanted me to meet someone? Yes. And she gets a little awkward because I believe it was Bjorn that she wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she kind of shifts around a little bit and says, um, uh, the gentleman that I wanted you to meet, Mr. Hagman, has uh, unfortunately left for other business, I'm afraid. I wish I could have gotten message out to you, but um, well, I was here. Yeah. Out of character, he's still kind of there, but are, are you like kind of like steering her away from him right now? She's kind of looking around to see if he's already left because she could tell that, you know, he was talking to Gregory and, you know, she kind of knows his mannerism. So the way he was presenting himself was that we're going to get stuff done sort of way. So she figures that after, you know, he yeah, finished yeah. his speech with Gregory, he was going to do something. Yeah, so you she's see kind him, of looking around to see if he's still there. You see him like shaking hands with uh, Russ Freeman and then the man departs. Uh, but Bjorn is could still be there if he needed to be. Okay. So then she's going to kind of scan the room, uh, see Russ and spot Bjorn and kind of raise her eyebrows a little uncomfortably and say, well, actually I'm afraid I may have misspoken. It seems as though he is here. And she kind of like gently points out uh, Bjorn and says, "Uh, he's a former, you know, sort of man of the law. And I figured if there was uh, anything that he could assist us with in this investigation, if there was any question that I may have missed, he would actually be the one that would know what to ask. I'm afraid I'm not exactly well-versed in the manners of the law, but um, the young lady who passed, she had similar markings to Lavender, which is very concerning to me. Apparently nobody knew her in the town. She must have been new, but I just wanted to see if maybe there was something that he could ask you that I may have missed, if you wouldn't mind. Certainly. Uh, would you mind making the introduction? She gives a bit of an awkward smile and says, uh, I, I would love to. Uh, follow me, please. And with that, she walks over to Bjorn and she's walking, you know, with her head up, back straight, very professionally. And uh, when she's behind him, she's going to very gently uh, tap his shoulder with her palm and say, uh, Mr. Hagman, uh, if I could have a minute of your time, uh, this is Carol. I had spoken to you about her the previous evening um, regarding what I had learned and uh, her particular employee, Miss Lavender. You may know her. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Oh, uh, and I look with you two and I look around. Is there like a bench, like a picnic bench or somewhere we can sit? All three of us kind of like. Sure. There's probably like yeah. a bunch of those like log benches because yeah. like a lot of trees are felled in the area recently. Yeah. I just kind of motion. Would you two care to join me over here? Certainly. I just kind of look at her when she says that all cold, like, you know what I mean? Glance, and then I go and I sit down and I just motion for the two to kind of like sit on whatever, wherever they want to, probably to my left, you know, and I pull out. Damn, did they even have notepads back then with like charcoal pencils and everything? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I just kind of like pull it out and I uh, kind of turn like the face of two a little bit, you know, like on my side. And so you work at the Silver Dollar? Yes, ma'am. Yes, I take care of many of the employees at that establishment. When you say uh, take care, uh, what what exactly does that um, entail? Well, I and she looks over seeing um, Margaret. Speak in her uh, like yeah. habit, it's like look out for the well-beings of the girls, work schedules. I do a little work on the side too. If um, 
if we need the, someone to and then she kind of trails off oh yeah okay do you do medicinal work like uh, health related work i mean we recently uh met a good friend uh mrs smithson who has been taking care of that and then she kind of looks over to margaret margaret sorry I'm writing this down mrs smithson and now look at margaret you familiar with this lady sister miller Smithson, she corrects him. Smithson, oh, sorry. Have you I'm, have you met? Yes, her? I'm. I am familiar with her. I met uh, Carol at the Silver Dollar when I um, was introducing myself and uh, providing some medicinal services to the ladies at the Silver Dollar. That is uh, when I met uh, her employee Lavender, who um, had very very similar marks to the young woman we found in the river. So just out of character. So I'm talking to Carol now and Mrs. Smithson, some lady who's been doing medicinal checks on the ladies of the night. Mrs. Smithson is Margaret's alias. Out of oh, 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 okay. 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 Jesus Christ. I, I apologize. Okay. 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 I mean, I don't know that. Okay. I'd like to talk to the Smithson maybe. And I just like write down the name on there. And then I'm like, um, cause I don't know what's her alias. Right. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now you found the marks on, on lavender how long ago did you find them oh um well she she noticed them a couple of weeks ago but um but they just didn't seem to heal themselves the way normal marks have and then it was obvious uh when she was applying her trade and you know we do regular inspections and she's the only one the only one of us although i i can't imagine this being an isolated incident. What makes you say that you can't imagine that? Have there been any, speak your mind, anything that your intuition has been sparked with? Well, the way Lavender was acting the night when she supposedly had it, I've seen others act like that before. I've seen Lavender act like that before, especially around, and she like, Looks like as if to utter something and then seems like something just stopped her from saying it. I'm going to see that. I'm going to eyeball Miller. Because I feel like even though she's angry at me, Sister Miller and Greg Green, I kind of have like this bond of what we survived out there. You know what I mean? And I think we probably, I don't know, Sister Miller, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would almost assume that like since we have survived like pretty traumatic shit together, we have that keen ability where we can read each other's body language. You know what I mean? And I'm going to like do the one eye glare at her like like a switch is turned on in my head. I'm like reading how she reacts to seeing that in me. Does that make sense? You know, like I'm trying to like like show her that, OK, my intensity has peaked up now. Yeah. I'm looking at her for re- her response to it. Like is she doing the no or is she doing the you know what I mean? Yeah. Sister Miller, uh, she's always kind of watching body language. And when she sees that change in Bajorn, she just gives the most subtle of nods as if to say that she acknowledges that something strange is going on. Okay. And I'm just going to like nod back at her to which me, he tells me, okay, it's time to do my job. You know, I'm going to turn and look at her for a second and I'm going to try to read her. Like you said, she shut down. I'm trying to read like, like, is she protecting herself is she scared or try to read her language it's almost as if like she was talking to you about something one second and then like immediately act started acting like she just woke up from a long sleep and you know got the grogginess going on 
and then she's like, "Oh, um, I, I'm sorry. What were we talking about again?" You were talking about you were talking about you noticed something when others started acting like lavender when you found the bites on her. Oh yes, and then I I know it always seemed to happen around, and then that that's the flash happens again, and then she like kind of leans over and starts clutching her head. I'm sorry, I, I something ahead, something sorry. in my head. I feel a little little faint here, and she kind of like adjusts her posture on the log. I look at Miller for a second. Now I'm just like giving her like a quizzical, like what the hell look, you know? And I'm like looking at her for a second. I'm just trying to, am I able to like, I guess out of character, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but like in character, am I able to like tell, like she's trying to fake it to get out of talking about this or is she like seriously like seems. That sounds like a psychology role. That's what I figured. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. I was like, okay. Like I'm kind of scared right now as a player though, but like, let's go ahead and roll psychology my psychology is 55 come on 32 so i made it yes her reaction seems genuine and not like she seems like she actually has like a headache or feels faint or something and it just took her like a little bit to get back around to the topic like something like was almost clouding her memory and it's just really weird that it just keeps snapping to like that whenever she goes down a particular memory lane Listen, Carol, her name, Carol, right? That's her name. I, I need you to focus right now. And I like, grab, I put like gently her hand in mine. You know what I mean? And it, like with both my hands, and I'm looking at her. I'm like, can you remember about what was going on around that time when you noticed the marks? I, I, will, to- I will allow her to make a willpower roll, actually. Awesome. She starts thinking really, really hard. And then, well, it was one night I heard you know, the sounds of the trade and then it just intensified like it sometimes does. And quite often I like to make sure that nothing's happening to the girls. So I took a peek in and I saw, and then she like kind of like sits down again and like her nose starts like this little trickle of blood is coming out of it. And she's like clutching at her eyes and it's like, you could tell she's in a lot of pain and I'm going to need sanity rolls from the two of you. Yeah, I would think because I need a sanity roll like right now in real life. I'm hearing that. Let me get a sanity roll here real quick. Uh, Sorry, I got to look up what my sanity is now. My sanity is 49. God, come on, make it, Bajorn. Oh, I failed. The same. I got a 49 out of 52. Oh, Margaret, you would pass. um, But um, Bjorn, that would be 1D100. (laughs) Four. Ouch. Yeah, so that's actually pretty significant you definitely realize something out of the ordinary and almost like like a i don't want to use the term supernatural lightly but something like yeah. that feeling you got when you're trying to investigate to witnesses back in your homeland following that one case yeah i know right like i'm going to like bjorn like stands up all suddenly and like pushes her hand away and like backs off like five feet and like puts his hand on his holster for a second you know what i mean and he's just like rapidly like jaw clenching just like staring at her intently like he's fucking scared shitless and she's looking back at you with these like really terrified eyes and margaret you notice that there's like like you know palm marks on her face in blood where like she's just trying to you know get something to stir and then just it's almost like she had an aneurysm but she still seems 
like with it for the most part. So Margaret, uh, seeing obviously Carol's pain and then the, the nosebleed and Jean's reaction, she's going to kind of, in a maternal way, put her hand on Carol's forehead, feeling that it's very warm. And she's going to kind of turn Carol's face towards her so that she could assess the, the nosebleed. And she's going to kind of snap at Bjorn and be like, Mr. Hagman, put that weapon away. What is the matter with you? This woman is absolutely rattled and you're out here with your weapon drawn. You know, like he had it like pulled out of his holster like a little bit. You know, he didn't pull it out. And like he stops for a second. He looks at her like Margaret all intently. And you can I don't know if you want to roll a psychology roll or not, but you can see like. He's fucking panicked, dude. Like his eyes are just like fucking beating and his forehead's all sweating. And he just like slowly like just puts it into the, you know, like puts a little bit of it into the holster and like clips the leather strap over the hammer that keeps it locked in there. And there's a second where he's just like looking at her and he's like frozen. You know what I mean? He's like totally frozen right now. And you just hear him like, uh, 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 like he's trying to talk right now. And then there's a moment where he just goes turns and walks in the opposite direction than like they were at and you just see him like beelining for his horse and like gets on his horse and he goes off you know so she doesn't get it uh margaret obviously just is shaking her head and she goes for goodness sake it's a drop or two of blood you'd think he'd have seen that in all his days in fact i know he has and she just takes this sleeve you know of her of her gown and she's like wiping carol's face and she says are you well enough to stand that i'd like to take you inside so we can wash your face maybe lay you down you look very very panicked at the moment and she lets you kind of like help her rise and clean her up but like she's just like like looking at you with like very much a lot of fear in her eyes and you're basically allowed you're able to like lead her around but she's like she won't take her eyes off you and she's stumbling over sticks and stuff as you lead her away to like the back room where that you kind of used as like a like ad hoc hospital past few months but yeah you clean her up and everything but she's she's looks like she's had some terrible mental trauma happen so Margaret is still just very confused. Uh, she kind of just keeps checking her temperature and she goes, Carol, are you well enough to speak? I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. Did, did Mr. Hagman scare you? I no, I, and then like, you see, like she starts crying and you see like a capillary in her um, eye kind of like, you don't see it burst, but you just see like the, um, the orb of the eye just kind of slowly filling with blood and she just starts crying and just kind of like puts her arm into her um, crook of her elbow and just starts gently sobbing into it. So Margaret just kind of holds her and very tightly hugs her, puts kind of Carol's head on her own shoulder and is rubbing her back saying, there, there, dear, don't worry. No one's going to hurt you. We're going to protect you. Don't worry. Anything that anything that you know, I promise you, Mr. Hagman is a safe, safe person to tell it to. And it's okay if you don't want to talk about it now. We'll be here to listen whenever you are ready. If you need us, you know where I am. I can tell you where Mr. Hagman sleeps. You can always go to him. We'd never let anything happen to you, Carol. You, the girls, we're here for you. And she just like gently sobs into her arm and just buries her head more and She's probably like laying down on like the bed pallet in the area that you put some straw on when you need to see patients. And she's just like, like the camera kind of like, like irises out on her as she just starts just 
weeping softly and kind of just nods along with your words. So after that um, heartwarming scene, let's uh, bring it over to Gregory again. Gregory, after the events of the morning, you're walking back to your um, home with your family and your eldest daughter, Abigail, kind of uh, grabs your elbow and kind of um, is indicating for you to like came back like she wants a word with you we haven't had much screen time for her so i figure this is a good opportunity yes abigail what is it well father um things have uh, been progressing around here and you know i some of the people in town have been talking and i hear there is some sort of i think the term is shindig happening next week Yes, and well, as you know, I'm I'm a woman now. I I would like to I would like to go. I would like to you know I would like to do my part and help more with the house and contribute. It, but eventually, Father, I need to start thinking about meeting a husband. This could be one of those rare opportunities. At this point, Gregory, he 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 like blinks for a moment, then he's like, then like. And then he's like, you see like his face where it's just like, oh yeah, that's something I have to think about now. And he's, and he could, he's. Yeah. So like what's going on in Gregory's mind? Like this, this is your like, she's always been your little girl, but you know, she's like more than 16 now. She's pretty much a woman of the time. And she wants, she's basically like asking your blessing to, you know, go out and. Go go out of court. Yeah. Go on. Or get courted, as we're so saying it. Okay. So he, he is definitely, he, 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 like in the back of his head, he knew this was probably going to happen at some point, but, you know, be actually being here and everything, he sort of forgot about that part. And so now he's just like, oh, yeah, now I have to think about getting my daughter's husbands with this town. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, I'm not, I don't really have a lot of choices here. Do I to find good husbands? I mean, it'd be easier than trying to find a wife in this camp. <laughs> so yeah, Gre- Gregory is he is he, he looks at his daughter Abigail. And is just like, I I see. I it is true that you are that. Uh, ah. And you see, like your wife kind of look back at you, and she keeps says, "Come on, kids," and has um your your um, daughter Mary in one arm and has uh, Mark in the other. And just, you're just basically watching the rest of your family proceed on. It's like, wow, like it's getting smaller, but it could get bigger too. It's just like one of those weird things about uh, being a parent and letting like your kids grow up. And it's just, I'm not sure if it's like overwhelming for Greg or. Yeah. Gregory, it is definitely, he is like, he is right now. He is like, this could be a good thing, but so far what I've seen out here isn't that great. So it could be good, but it might be bad. And he's got all his other stuff going on, you know, trying to get, trying to, you know, <laughs> talking talk about you know, the, the, the dead woman they just had a funeral for earlier. They don't know what killed her, could still be out there. So he's, there's a whole mess of emotions going on in Gregory right now. So he eventually, after like, you know, like like a minute of like you know silence, and he's like tries to speak. And eventually, he says, "Okay, there 
you do have my permission to attend the dance, but but I no nah, no nah, he won't do um it, it would be chaperoned of course father yes yes and I'll see if I can get Johan to keep an eye on things. On top of that, just better than him than anyone. Else. Better than nobody. Just for my peace of mind there. Just remember, it's not quite when things are a bit wilder out here. And sometimes when men get their, when their blood gets up, sometimes they lose themselves. So I just want to remind you that you have to be have to be able to watch yourself. I have to watch out more, more often. Of course, Father. And aren't you going to be there with Mother as well? Well, of course, of course. But I, can, you know, I can't. You know, I only have two eyes, and I can't keep an eye track of everything. Yes, yes. And then she kind of goes like into a litany of all the stuff that um, she's been doing to prove that she's an adult now. How Mother's teaching her to cook. She she irons all your clothes. Um, does a lot of the washing down with the women at the. Um, camp up um, north of you guys and it's just like all this stuff that she's just rattling off and just proving how much of a help she's been and how she's ready to manage a household of her own yeah. so yeah as Gregory is just quietly making in his head he's trying to make sure okay so if I go along there and I keep the pistol on me I might be able to sneak it in but maybe I could, maybe I could bring a bad carry the rifle in just in case I'll have to think about it so yeah, he he is like he is not really agreeing, but he is in his head. He's still going. Okay, this he's wondering. You know, well, how can I make sure? How can I make sure to defend myself in, in case things go wrong somehow? Because he, he is like he is again still just like he is convinced that there is something you know watching them at times. And even when there's a whole bunch of people out, he still gets like that itchy feeling at the back of his neck. Yes, and speaking of watching people, let's uh, cut for for. Um, further into the night where Bjorn, Gregory, and Russ, and is anyone else being invited to this little confrontation? Not that I can think of. Well, the three of you are kind of like at the edge of town looking at the small shack with a single candle burning through the window. Um, You know it as the Land Essay office and um, you're watching as you see the silhouette of presumably Mr. Brewster, who is um, writing in his books. So I look at Gregory. Is there anyone around? I'm looking like, do we see anyone around or we just see him in his office on his own? Uh, at this point, um, like earlier, you, you saw that um, Henry Greer was in there and they they had some words and there was some discussion. Um, it seemed to be mostly about the planning for this for Saturday's get together. And like you heard, like dollar signs and figures being um, um, put um, put around, and how much they think they're going to make versus how much it's going to cost them to put it down. And there's some argument about uh, how much they should be investing. But um, at some point, you watch as uh, Hendry uh, leaves and goes into the adjacent building. I look at Gregory, and then I look at Freeman, and I'm like, no better time than now. And I seem very like high strung still, you know, like I'm very like intense looking right now i just kind of like walk um to the door and i open the door and i go in with these two and i close it behind me 
If historical APs with a supernatural flair are your jam, then The Ultimate Evil is just right for you. With inspiration pulled from the Satanic Panic, The Ultimate Evil takes place in the 80s as four young men reunite to discover the mysteries that surround their childhood mentor's death. 